Things I saw on Twitter, Innate Prejudice, and Cory Booker coming up right now. Welcome back to the Liberty Lair. This is the Alex Strom Show as a part of the Liberty or Death podcast. I'm Alex Strom. Today is Wednesday, April 10th. Happy Hump Day. Before we get started, I want to talk about Steven Crowder and what he did the other day. He went to a Planned Parenthood as a transgender woman named Stephanie Matheson, it's one of his characters, to take a pregnancy test. So when they gave him the pregnancy test, he went into the bathroom, took out a container that had the pee of a pregnant woman, so that when he poured it on the pregnancy test that it would come back positive. So he goes to the doctor, and the doctor asks him if he was assigned female at birth. And Stephen says, well yes, I was misgendered at birth. He's always been a woman and has always felt like a woman. And one of Planned Parenthood's rules is that they have to treat transgender women as women. And this is actually a pretty big issue when it comes to a man taking a pregnancy test and it coming back positive. Because if that were the case, they could possibly have testicular cancer. So as a doctor, it makes more sense to treat the patient as what they actually are and not what they feel like if they feel like they're a transgender woman. Because that person could have cancer. Just some food for thought. If you want to watch the video, it's pretty funny. It's only like six minutes long. It's on his YouTube account. Go check it out. But today we're going to start the show with another installment of Things I Saw on Twitter. I really should have a Twitter account. I know I did one of these last week, but it just so turns out there's a lot of dumb stuff that happens on Twitter. So here we go. Of course, Alexandria Octavius Rex Cortez is making more headlines when she tweeted, It's almost as if my platform advances policies that are proven to work. Social Security, lift the cap, Medicare for all, tuition-free K-12 schools, and higher education. Federally mandated minimum wage, $15. They aren't all my ideas, but they're good ideas. Let's take a look at this. Social Security will be insolvent by 2034, meaning everybody who's paying into it won't actually get any of it. Why can't I just save my own money for my own retirement instead of putting it into something when I'm never going to get it back? Medicare will also be insolvent by 2026, and even if it wasn't, look at what socialized medicine is doing in England and letting old people go blind. Aaron talked about it in his show Monday about the NHS rationing healthcare because they're older. And her idea of free K-12 schools and higher education, look, public education is already terrible. And the free education that isn't actually free, it's just going to be paid for by other people, will just make education worse. And it's also going to devalue what a bachelor's degree actually is. And it's going to make education past a bachelor's degree the new higher education. So a bachelor's degree is going to be just like getting a high school diploma, and then you have to go to grad school to improve yourself. And look at what's already happening in New York with their $15 an hour minimum wage, especially with small businesses. But she has an economics degree, so it's cool. PragerU sent Will Witt out to go talk to college students, and this was the video they posted on Twitter. You guys like Starbucks? I love Starbucks. Yeah. It's great. I do really appreciate capitalism, it. Capitalism, Starbucks. No, f capitalism <laughs> and f the corporate world. <laughs> yeah. I love this. These two girls, they hate capitalism. They hate the corporations. But they love Starbucks and have iPhones who were created because of capitalism. Last but not least, Adam Parkamenko, who was the strategist to Hillary Clinton, posted a video of Mitch McConnell walking up to a podium, tripping, and falling. And Adam Parkamenko said, Yesterday I posted this newfound footage of Mitch McConnell standing up for America. 368,000 views overnight. Mitch McConnell does not want you to let this video get up to 1 million views. This absolute 
asshat of a person tweeted this video just to make fun of Mitch McConnell because he's a Republican. When Mitch McConnell had polio as a kid, and he struggles to walk because of that polio. I almost stole a segment from Steven Crowder called What a Piece of Shit, which he used for Jesse Smollett and Brian Stelter, but I'm going to merge things I saw on Twitter with What a Piece of Shit, because Adam, you're a piece of shit. And that's all I have for things I saw on Twitter today. I really should have a Twitter account. So next, we're going to talk about a prejudice test. For those of you who don't know, I'm a college student at Ohio State studying criminology, and one of the classes that I had to take this semester was social psychology. Right now, we're talking about prejudice, and for the class, we had to take an online prejudice test. This test was a way to find out your subconscious innate prejudices, because consciously, we don't normally make prejudiced judgments, right? You can be self-aware and not be prejudiced but we all still have these innate prejudices. So for this test, you could pick either to do gender or race, and I chose to do gender. And here's how the test worked. So there's, there's two keys, there's the E key and the I key. The, I key. the E key is on the left side of the keyboard, the I key is on the right side of the keyboard. And then on the screen, on the left side of the screen, there was male or career, and on the right side there was female and family. And then if a, if a male name popped up, like Robert or Paul, and then a word associated with career popped up like office, job, business, then you would press the E key because that was on the left side. If a female name popped up like Rebecca or Michelle, and then a word that's family-oriented like child, relative, parent popped up, then you would press the I key. And you're supposed to press these keys as fast as you could once you read the word to kind of test these innate prejudices that you have. So the very first test, like I said, was male or career on the left side and female and family on the right side. And then after you took this test, you did it again, except the words were switched. So that there was male and family on the left side and female and career on the right side. So the same principle still applied when you saw business, office, go to career. When you see child, family, relative, click the family key. And this is where I have kind of an issue with the test because I was so in the zone when I was clicking the words for the initial test and then it switches on you and then it was harder to do because I even messed up male names. When I saw a male name, I guess they would say it was because I was associating with career, but that's not true. And then the test changes again and then it changes one more time. And after the test, I found out that I have a very strong association with male and career and female and family and a weak association with the words male and family and female and career. So there you have it. I'm a sexist pig feeding into the patriarchy and the wage gap doesn't exist. But is there something wrong with me thinking that women are better nurturers than men? That women are more family-oriented than men? That doesn't mean that I don't think that women can have careers, be successful, run businesses, whatever they want to do. I've had female bosses before, and I thought they were good bosses. doesn't matter if they're male or female. If anything, you could also make an argument that I'm sexist against men because I don't think that men are good nurturers towards children. I don't think that they're family-oriented. But none of that really matters because I'm still feeding into the patriarchy. And this is the same way when you look at it with, from the race side too. I didn't take the rest race test because I knew that it was going to be the exact same thing and I probably would have gotten associating white names or white things with good things and black names with, with bad things, which is just nonsense because I don't do that. It's not an innate prejudice. It's a test. The test was developed by a Harvard professor to show your innate prejudices.
Before we go on, make sure you follow us on all social media platforms. You can find us on Facebook, SoundCloud, and iTunes by searching the Liberty or Death Podcast on Instagram, at Liberty or Death Podcast, and on Twitter, at Liberty or Death P. Follow us to get updates on the show, news, and the best political memes out there. Cory Spartacus Booker is planning to introduce a bill for slavery reparations. The bill would form a commission to explore reparations proposals for African-American descendants of slavery. Cory Booker said, Since slavery in this country, we have had overt policies fueled by white supremacy and racism that have oppressed African-Americans economically for generations. Many of our bedrock domestic policies that have ushered millions of Americans into the middle class have systematically excluded blacks through practices like GI Bill discrimination and redlining. Look, obviously slavery was a very bad thing. But there are no laws on the books right now that benefit one race over another, or a gender over another. But there are a few things wrong with the idea of actually having slavery reparations. There were black people in Africa that actually owned slaves, and sold their slaves to white people during the slave trade. Aaron Bandler, who was a writer for the Daily Wire, argued that slavery reparations are not possible, especially at the expense of a government commission. Bandler wrote, there are numerous immigrants who have entered the U.S. who were not part of enslaving blacks, and there were also blacks that owned slaves during that era. How would the government be able to have the resources to determine every single person who had slave owner ancestors, as well as ancestors who were slaves? What about those of mixed race? It's impossible. And another thing, if you look at this from the, the classical, liberal, limited government, conservative point of view, this is just a bunch of money that's going to be spent that's going to come to no end, just like so many other government programs are. There's so much money that goes into it, and nothing ever comes out of it. Thomas Sowell has also made the argument that most white people didn't actually own slaves. So are the descendants of the people who didn't own slaves supposed to pay back for things that they didn't do? My descendants didn't own slaves? Am I supposed to pay back for something that they didn't, that they didn't do? My family didn't do it. I didn't do it. Why would I have to pay it back? It's kind of similar. I'm not trying to compare anything to the Nazis or what, what they did, but reparations for the German people to pay back for what the Nazis did in World War II and whatever happened in World War I is not the fault of the German people, really. They didn't have a choice in it. If they didn't agree with it, they were killed. Thomas Sowell also argued that even if slavery reparations were economically possible, it wouldn't actually help black Americans. He argued that before any major civil rights legislation, the poverty rate among blacks fell in half between 1940 and 1960. And also between 1940 and 1960, the average education of black males doubled. So this is black people actually picking themselves up, getting better education, going farther in school, and then doubling their income. It's kind of a shock that doubling your education can also double your income. And Thomas Sowell argued that these government programs robbed black people of these accomplishments since black people were the ones to cut the poverty rate and double their education, but these programs made it seem like it was the government who did it for them. And this is one of the things that I talked about last week on the show with affirmative action policies when I took that white privilege test. Because affirmative action policies... It said you can be sure that you go to school and people don't think that you got in simply because of your race from an affirmative action policy. This is exactly what affirmative action policy does. First off, affirmative action policies hurt Asian people more than they do white people. 
And then when you have people that are going to school that probably shouldn't be in that school in the first place because of affirmative action policies, they're going to incur so much student debt and they're not going to be able to handle the coursework because they're not supposed to be there in the first place. So why does it matter what race they are? Why can't you throw race out the window and make a decision who's going to get into that school based on why they should be in there? Not because of their race or to meet some some quota which was ruled unconstitutional, but people still do it because they want to have a diverse university. And speaking of Thomas Sowell, he's also black, and he thinks this way, so I guess he's a big racist too. And speaking of racism, yes, you can be racist to white people, at least I believe so. Let me know what you think in the comments, but there are white Christians being enslaved in the Middle East right now. So yes, I think you can be racist towards white people. There's no asterisk on the definition of racism that excludes white people. Everybody's in it. If you try to vandalize a black person's house simply because they're black, it's racist. If you try to do the same thing to a white person simply because they're white, it's racist. And today we're going to finish with my final thoughts. Today I want to talk about relationships. I think that there is a very big problem with how relationships are handled and how relationships are actually viewed today. I've spoken about abstinence on my show before. I won't really get into it all that much. The only thing that I wanted to say is that marriages that are built on abstinence tend to have more sex, tend to have better sex, and tend to have happier and longer lasting marriages. So the people that are part of the sexual revolution and you just want to have sex with whoever you can, or the college students who just want to go get drunk and hook up with people every every weekend, I get it. You might have fun for a couple years but if you look at the long shot, this is what I talked about last week where you think about the, the little decisions. Don't don't have sex like that. Wait until you're in a relationship. Wait until you're married because then you're going to have however many years the rest of your life to have a happy marriage, to have more sex, and to have better sex than you're having in college when you're drunk and can't remember it. But sex is an important part in a relationship, but I also think that it's something that is serious and it shouldn't be looked at as a prerequisite for a relationship. I knew a girl in high school who told me that before she dates anybody, she has to have sex with them so she can know how good they are at it. And this was always kind of weird to me, because if whoever you're with is bad at it, you can always get better at it, right? I mean, practice makes perfect. But especially with time and getting more comfortable with that person. If you look at it from a different perspective where it's not about sex, your first date with someone it's kind of awkward. You don't know them. They don't know you. You don't want to embarrass yourself. You don't want to make a bad impression. So you kind of come off a little sh a little scared, a little shy maybe. But then the more often that you hang out with that person, that you go on dates with them, you're going to get more comfortable with them as time goes on. And it's more having that emotional connection with somebody is also going to lead to having better sex and a better relationship especially when you actually get there if you wait on it. Sex isn't something that should happen on the very first date. First off, I'm not going to trust you if you sleep with me on the first date, and you shouldn't trust me either if I sleep with you on the first date. So if you didn't know, I think the idea of instant sex in a relationship is a very, very bad idea. And also, I don't believe in dating just to date. As a Christian, I believe that if you're dating somebody, you're dating them with the intentions of one day marrying them. And this isn't just something that I think that should be looked at from a Christian perspective. It should, it should be looked at from a perspective for everybody because why waste your time? Why would you do that? Why wouldn't you want to be with somebody who you could possibly see yourself ending up with? I think dating just to date is a waste of time and it's honestly tied to a desire simply to have sex. But it's more than just that. I think two people going into a relationship have the mindset that if you do something to your partner, that they have to do something else to make it even. 
But that's a mindset that's going to eventually lead you to resentment and is destined to fail. Because if you do something for your significant other and then they don't return the favor the way that you would want it to because you're expecting them to do that, you're not going to be happy. You're going to resent that person. You're not going to like that person anymore because you feel that they're not doing things for you too. The mindset that you should have is that you're going to do things for your significant other solely because you want to do things for them, regardless of a reward or a a payback, whatever it's going to be. If you both have this mindset and you continually do things for them because you love them and you want the best for them, then you have a much better chance at a happier and a longer lasting marriage. And lastly, I'm going to cite the Bible here. No, I'm not making a faith-based or a religious argument. I would never do that unless I was arguing religion strictly. But I think this is slightly relevant, especially because of the Judeo-Christian values that literally brought about the morals of the Western world. So in Ephesians 5.22, it says that the wife should submit to her husband. And there seems to be a really big issue with this, especially for these third-wave feminists, especially regarding the patriarchy, because they assume that it's the dominance of men. But this is where their mind pops off and they won't read or listen any further because all they care about is the idea the the word submit to the husband it's it's something that that they look at as a as abusive or dominating of the men or that men are better which isn't actually what it is because right after it says that it says husbands love your wives just as christ loved the church and gave himself up for her this ties right back into what i was saying about doing things without wanting something in return it's about being selfless When it says to submit to your husband, it doesn't mean to be dominated or abused or do what he says or anything like that. It means to love your husband and support him and be everything he needs. And then it says for men to literally do the same thing to their wives. Love them and give yourself up for her. So here's my challenge of the week for you. Last week I had a bit of a challenge when I said to think about your decisions. Look at the long-term goal rather than the instant gratification. So this new challenge, whether you're married, in a relationship, single, whatever, if you want to date somebody or you want to be friends with somebody, this doesn't even have to be a romantic interest. Do it for your family members, for your best friends, for your coworkers. Be selfless in your life with them. If you love someone, be selfless with them. Someone that you want to love, be selfless, selfless with them. If your coworkers having a rough day, be selfless for them. Make their day better. This isn't just about relationships in marriage. It's about relationships overall. And the last thing I'm going to say on it, when you're deciding on a potential partner, think about whether you see this person as a possible wife or husband. Do things for them without expecting reciprocation and be serious and be upfront about what you want, what you value and what you believe in. And yes, politics does tie into this. A lot of people say that you put too much, especially myself, that I put too much emphasis on politics. But politics is actually an extremely important thing. What you value is important. And if you can't talk about that, the odds of you having a longer and happier relationship are very bad. For example, I believe abortion is murder. I think that it is the ending and the terminating of a life, and it is murder. And if you don't think that way, if you think that it's okay, if you think it should be celebrated, if you're some of those liberal celebrities who say that they wish that they had an abortion... There's no way that you're going to be compatible and have a happier marriage. I don't think it's really, I think it's possible, but I don't think it's very easily done. Especially when you feel that you can't bring up what you believe in. I've been told before that because I'm pro-life that all I want to do is control women, which isn't true at all. I don't care what you do. The only thing I care about is that you're killing a baby. And this is where the government actually should have some kind of power because they're supposed to protect life, liberty, and property. Emphasis on life because it is a human life. There's verifiable scientific fact that is a human life. 
I know I'm kind of off topic here, but what I'm saying is let them know why you think the way you do what you think. Because why would you hide it and then eventually down the road say you're married or say even worse you have kids and you find out that you can't live with this person anymore because you didn't talk about these things. Talk about your feelings. It's important. And that's all I have for today. As Aaron said in his show Monday, he's going to be out of town this weekend, and I'm still working on a plan for how the shows are going to run this week. Exams are coming up for school, so I have a lot of stuff going on. But stay in touch with our, with our social media pages, and you'll find out. I'm Alex Strom. Thank you for listening. <laughs>